0: To Bartek Community College, I'm Derek, and this is Jordan. And today we're here to talk about everybody's favorite war-themed hat simulator, Team Fortress Two. Oh,
1: I thought we were gonna talk Call of Duty.
0: Whoops. Are there hats in Call of Duty yet? No, they're, a... gu-
1: they're they're hats that are guns in Call of Duty. So, so they, I guess did they just take
0: the CS:GO route for yeah, their portable microtransactions?
1: Yeah, I, I would say that's a very valid comparison
0: disappointing disappointing well uh we have with us um a game with one of the most unusual stories making it to making over i want to say nine years in development from the original game uh and is still supported uh to some degree uh 10 more than 10 years past its launch um there's no other game really like it especially in today's um like current like fps world well it's more of a Uh,
1: it's more of a twitch shooter and battle royale meme flavor of the day at this point so
0: yeah whereas tf2 is sort of like even in and again even when it was first kind of out it was still kind of in its own separate field away from everybody else but even today it feels like it's the only quake-like shooter that still exists
1: well i mean quake-like is a i i wouldn't necessarily describe tf2 as quake-like i would say closer to a proper corridor shooter but it's more of a role based flag simulator i guess if i were really gonna like most of the time you're playing (laughs) capture the flag or payload because that's just sort of what most of the map servers defaulted to because capture points
0: were awful I mean, in this, and so, outside of competitive, which is very, very strictly only a select few, like, asymmetrical maps, and all the rest are control points, or... And and I do do just
1: want to put it out there that, quote-unquote, competitive TF2 is one of the most ridiculous statements I have ever heard in my life, and I know people that have played in competitive leagues... So it's just, it's ridiculous like, to me.
0: I mean, and I don't, I mean, we're going to start off this video with a real hot take, uh, but I've always thought 6v6 is boring as shit. Uh, Highlander, I think, is a lot more engaging.
1: I mean, 6v6 is just, it's just not fun. Like most of the time, your ten, your 10s or your 15s are the way to go, or your 10s or your 12s, I guess, are what a lot of the maps defaulted to. Like 24 per- person maps,
0: but... Most, most like Valve official servers... Cap at twenty four. There's yeah. plenty of fan servers that go more.
1: Yeah, because you there were, I played in a lot of twenty fours and a lot of thirty sixes. Like Baron's oh, Pub was twenty fours. I'm pretty sure Jiggly's was twenty fours. There were a lot of. I played in a lot of like high name servers. Like Baron's Pub was a place I met a bunch of degenerates. So here we are. Um. So let's get into a little bit of the background for it. So Valve Studios is the one that plucked. The, TF, the Team Fortress mod from Quake, uh, which came out, I believe, in either 96 or 97, don't quote me, I didn't have that one pulled up, <laughs> but, and released uh, Team Fortress classic on their Gold Source engine, which was pre source so this is like... This was 1. the same s- one
0: for the original Half-Life, right?
1: Uh, well, it was a very heavily modified version, but yes, it was very, very close to it. So, because you had the original, you had the Gold engine, you had Gold Source, and then Source. So Gold Source was like the Half Life Engine one point five, if I were going to describe it as anything. Um, because there were some similarities to it. Um, like bunny hopping and physics were very, very similar. Um, but there were certain technical aspects that were kind of different. Um, it, it's it's very minimal. It was closer to counter strike than half life, but even then it is still just a half life mod. So take take that as you will. A sufficiently advanced half life mod. Yes. We live in the future, Gordon. Uh, By the way, if you guys haven't been paying attention to the self-aware Half-Life series runs, uh, go watch those because those are fucking wild. Uh, Oh, man, they're good. So uh, Team Fortress Classic comes out, and it's Quake, Capture the Flag. It's two teams of six or nine, depending on what server you're in. Uh, Red versus Blue, which was kind of made into a gag in TF2 because they actually mean things. Um, and you had,
0: uh, were there nine
1: classes, I believe?
0: There were technically ten in the original. So in Team Fortress Classic, there was like the original mod. I think there was seven. For the actual release, there were nine. And yeah, technically and then... ten with the Civilian.
1: Yeah, but nobody counts that because... Why?
0: Because it's not fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, Civilian was like the worst mode ever fucking made. Um, so you've got... And, and this carried through very specifically to tf2 so the original setup was sniper very self-explanatory soldier uh better armor had a rocket launcher used to rocket jump this was very very prevalent in team fortress classic like if you go back and watch high-end play you will see people essentially never touching the ground in in team fortress classic maps as the soldier and rocket jumping people to death it got wild uh demo man was the grenade launcher Uh, And he had a sticky bomb, or I guess it was a pipe bomb launcher was uh, different things. You had the medic class, you had the heavy weapons, which had a minigun. Pyro had a flamethrower. Spy could look like anybody on the other team. And uh, the engineer who could build sentry guns. Um, Pretty much all of that carried over to TF2 with like a little bit of fine tuning. But there is very little functional difference between Team Fortress Classic and Team Fortress 2 as far as the classes are concerned. Now, design and aesthetics are... Uh, oh, boy. Significantly different, but...
0: Now, but and getting even the pa- getting, getting even past the fact that TF2 and uh, Team, Team Fortress Classic were made with nine years apart in variants and, you know, aesthetics has obviously changed quite a bit in that time. Team Fortress 2 went for a relatively, at the time... Uh, very unique art style, deliberately kind of flavoring themselves as like a uh, a kind of like an incredible 60s aesthetic where um, it was meant to kind of be, it was kind of meant to look cel-shaded. I don't know if you'd actually call it that, but it has this kind of cartoony look to it that really set it apart from everything else at the time.
1: And they took kind of a gamble on it, as did, um, I I forget what the actual launch date for Borderlands was, but um, that game Uh, on Inception versus release was also very, very different, because Borderlands went through a very different aesthetic change. They were not cel-shaded in the beginning. They were a very serious, like, not goofy-looking regular 3D shooter, uh, which which changed and they ended up. Uh, embracing a little more of a cartoony sort of self shaded I was going to say,
0: could you imagine a modern, like, Borderlands not being cartoony? You know, like, not being the way it is? Oh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, how <laughs> Why would
1: you? But, I mean, you have to look at things like TF2, which really
0: like... In many ways, we would not have Overwatch and Fortnite without Team Fortress 2.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, Team Fortress 2 started the the class-based shooter, and on top of that, it started this sort of i don't know if i would call it like a boiled down more cartoony shooter but i mean that is kind of what the look went for even though it was very highly stylized so i don't I don't, i don't really know where i would take that but so tf2 uh went into development in 1999
0: Ninety-eight or ninety-nine, I forget 98 exactly. Ninety-eight or ninety-nine.
1: Which. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't have a way of really and double-checking like, it.
0: And ironically, like Half-Life Two, and like the you know Half-Life Three or any third Valve game until we get to a uh, Half-Life Alex, I guess. Um, the the game was effectively considered vaporware for a while. Oh, there were there it, was like a five-year
1: period where Valve had a. They did not say a word about it. Because it was originally, what, Brotherhood of Arms or something like that? It was BOA was what its subtitle was. I couldn't tell you. I, I, that was what it was first announced in 1998. And then there was just ships in the night. There was no words spoken on TF2 until they started releasing little... The Meet the Heavy trailer came out in 2006? There's also a...
0: Uh...
1: There was a it's tech demo, like too, that.
0: wasn't there? There's also a, a tech demo which has some beta class elements that end up getting scrapped, like a Trank gun, I think, for the Spy. Well, the, the Trank gun the
1: was in original, original TFC, but yeah, the TF2 well, Trank well, gun did not make it. Stuff that didn't end
0: up making it to the thing. Yeah, same yeah very with much grenades. So.
1: Yep, grenades never... There were grenades in TFC, and boy, those were devastating, but they did not make it into TF2 proper. Thank God. Oh, yeah, it would have made the game significantly more miserable than it was.
0: Um, and so the, the development of TF2 took a while and they changed a lot about how each of the classes worked from the original game. Um, and the game was essentially set to be launched alongside or set as part of the orange box, uh, along with half-life two, um, episode two and portal, which were all like the new titles along with half-life two and half-life two episode one as kind of like, here you all get this, you know, you get all this shit together. Um, and these are all done could, on the yeah. now
1: revamped Source Engine, which was debuted with Half Life Two. Would it be Source
0: Two, or am I, am I
1: kind of? think it. Would, this was just the Source. I don't think Source. I think Source. source I thought Source Two was Left for Dead, but I could be wrong.
0: Source Two is probably later. That's my bad. Although I um, think a lot of the stuff was eventually updated to it.
1: Well, I mean, Source Source Two is, yeah, it's just a functional difference yeah like it essentially it was the exact same thing other than you know hey we updated it and did different things i'm trying to find out what yeah it was on the source engine it looks like and then i can tell you what the first game on source 2 was so the left for dead series has a complete overhaul uh that is specifically used for source uh, apparently, that is the same overhaul that was used on Portal 2. Interesting. So, I did not know that. Uh, and then they've been using the... Uh, let's see... Oh, Insurgency was on the Source Engine? That's crazy! I didn't even know that. So, yeah, the the Source Engine is still uh, very, very used, but uh, Source 2 was dota 2 was the first game to use it i believe and then they've done a couple of things so like robot repair artifact underlords half-life alex which more recently but um that was that was pretty much uh originally dota 2 was in uh source and then in 2015 they ported it over to source 2 which led to a lot of uh, technical capabilities that they did not have before so like there's a lot. And they're both C engines, which is kind of crazy. Like the idea that C sharp has become so prevalent. Um and, you know, JavaScript and all those. But they're all sort of plugins to do different things for um essentially. Um so they're the, the development of this game, like like Derek said, was tenuous and nebulous uh at the very least.
0: Um but by the by two thousand seven, I wanna say Um, You have the first beta, I think you have a beta coming out in like August of that year, I think. Uh,
1: Uh, It was the end of summer, so it was either July or August, because I was, it was like three months before launch with the Orange Box, because I was in both betas prior, so it was either July or August, it was very, very close.
0: And then uh, the actual release of the game coincided with, both with, of course, the Orange Box, and I think it was released separately at the same time for, like,
1: $30. Mm, uh, that one I don't remember just because I straight up bought the Orange Box at the time.
0: Well, I've, I've actually bought the Orange Box twice. <laughs> yeah, I know. You had it on
1: console, which is crazy to me. By the way, if you bought the game on console, you never got any updates, you poor bastards.
0: Which, like, would have been fine for probably the first year, but, yeah, it it's not... i feel so bad for anybody who like like plugged away at tf2 on the uh console for like a year and never found out that the pc got a drastic drastic changes as things went oh Um, yeah
1: the pc game was different by the end of year one because we got the back burner
0: (laughs) Well, we even got the we got the medic update first. Oh um, yeah, I did honestly. forget about that.
1: Yeah, because we got the, Which, uh, the back Uber then, game. Oh
0: man, I can't imagine doing the medic update. Like, I can't imagine being being in the game at that from that time because, like, you had to get every single achievement as the medic to get all of his stuff.
1: Oh yeah, the achievement based grinds were very very silly.
0: Um, I think that was the same. That also coincided with getting the first payload map gold rush
1: i believe so which was fun i actually really like payload maps a lot
0: and we're <coughs> gonna get into maps in a little bit but um so what is the game broken down it's a first person shooter where you play on two teams red and blue and the main gameplay is dependent on what <coughs> map you're playing because each ones have different abilities. Some are capture-the-flag style, where you have to go pick up an enemy briefcase and take it back to your, uh, uh, essentially, your um, your briefcase room to get points. And whoever gets enough points eventually wins. Um, you have attack-defense, which is uh, you have to play as the blue team and capture specific uh, control points by standing on them, which, of course, the red team will try to stop you from doing. Yeah, because
1: they, and they eventually, um, I don't know if it was on release or it was shortly after, but, uh, when you were capturing a point, there were three quadrants, and if you hit a particular quadrant, your progress on that point saved there, so you didn't have to, like, do the whole thing over again. I don't remember if that was on release or that was fixed later, because, uh, that was miserable. No, I don't know
0: if they ever, I don't know if they ever truly kept that on the attack defense ones. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, it's
1: been very long time since I played those. I would have to check it
0: out. But, um, but at the same time, you uh, even from the very beginning, you also had um, regular control points, which basically function as a. It, both teams are both fighting over control points and have to capture all the other enemy teams while defending their own. And you had um, territory control, which was effectively the same kind of thing as control points but uh it was just king of the hill yeah
1: and then Um, you had payload
0: slowly added more modes Uh, go ahead
1: payload was uh i think payload was sort of the heyday of the game i think that was when things really took a turn and like oh man they're really considering how to make this game like next level
0: payload was like the first game mode added and i remember uh when i actually first got to play uh uh, play payload matches um uh there's some of my favorites uh they really like they because they really make the game a little more dynamic uh than even the attack defense ones. and the map design on them tend to be some of my favorites because they're long and usually have a little bit for every class to do
1: Well, and I mean, and some classes are definitely more used than others um, depending on what their usability is in the logistics for each map, but for the most part, you could play whatever you wanted unless you were just playing a Gerardi sniper over and over, which nobody really wanted.
0: Gerardi <laughs> huntsman sniper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Has Mankind ever truly advanced further than that?
1: There were... Um, a Significant amount of sub game types that were both official and non official. You had uh man versus machine, which is a horde mode against robots. There was you have king uh, of the
0: hill where you fight over one control point, and you had the payload race, which is
1: yeah, the payload race was my favorite because both of you had a, a
0: payload to push to certain points. See, I feel like that one's always gets stalemated really fast,
1: <laughs> it does, but it turns into some hectic fighting like it is easily the most active mode you can play that's not like arena
0: um yeah have... no, arena i really liked when that was first uh thing i actually really liked arena mode but that kind of got dropped
1: i mean it was 50/50 like arena got tryharded really bad um i actually liked manpower cuz you could get the grappling hook
0: the grappling hook is kind of silly
1: <laughs> it was a little weird uh you had player destruction which was um, when you die, you drop a pickup, and if uh, somebody picks that up and delivers it, you get X amount of points, and whoever has the most points or hits a certain threshold wins. Um, you had Pastime, was like, which was rugby. Like
0: soccer. Yeah. I think
1: it was more rugby, but yeah, that one was fucking weird.
0: It was also Medieval mode.
1: Medieval was so good, except for the <laughs>
0: Islander. I think the medieval mode would be like if it wasn't for if it's like a good like palate cleanser every once in a while but it's not the kind of thing you can just keep playing.
1: No, 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 not at all. It was way too strong.
0: Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different kind of game types and now the now there's, you know, dozens of maps. Um, and the community modes uh ranged from uh you know stuff like of course uh, an obligatory zombies style mode which was to, fine to the the granddaddy of all um the granddaddy of prey prop hunt
1: prop hunt was so good so those of you that don't know what prop hunt is it's essentially hide and seek except all of the people that are hiding get to turn into an item on the map and you just hide like, you can turn it into 20, a dispenser, yeah. you can turn it into a tire, you can turn it into a box cup. of ammo, a coffee cup.
0: Or a but, traffic cone. Yeah, the traffic cone was good. I think you could also turn it into a pickup, which were the funniest ones. Yeah, because you
1: don't remember where the cars are on the map until you have to question it. Uh,
0: or
1: Trump cows. Hunt was, I think you could yeah. also turn it Hunt was so fucking good. Um... And they did do very special modes during, um, certain holidays. Like, you had a Halloween mode every year that was different. Uh, eventually it was...
0: They well, also but... added Christmas mode. Yeah, was... those, They didn't really add new maps for that. The Halloween stuff, they always added, like, Halloween-themed maps and minigames.
1: Yeah, because the Haunted Mansion for the Halloween map was wild. I always really liked That's that That's one,
0: one of my favorite levels. Yeah,
1: that one was fun. Um, and most of the time, the maps were just, like, recolors of different maps, um... Like Christmas was just a snow map of one of the capture point maps. It wasn't like crazy or anything. It was fun. Like they tried to do something a little different and have like drops and rewards. By the way, there are cosmetics in this game. And you had
0: In fact, TF two could be like if not the if not the catalyst, the like I feel like without TF two having proved that you could have ludicrous amounts of microtransactions and stuff in your game that we wouldn't have the sheer amount in modern games that we do
1: oh no they tf2 proved that freemium makes you more money than releasing a 60 dollars product they absolutely did it's absolutely insane it was two dollars and fifty cents for a key which was the going rate on the source marketplace at that time, because you couldn't actually trade money, and you still can't. So, your going rate for most things were, how many keys can I change it, exchange it for? Which was ridiculous, because I did TF2 trading a lot back then, and that sucked.
0: I mean, now it's like the economy is part of what's kind of keeping this game alive. And they have a very, very small development team. Uh, left on the game and I can't imagine they were ever as well supported as some of their other stuff
1: no I don't I, I don't imagine there's a whole lot going on anymore in that office like we actually did the old reach out to Gaben to see if somebody in the office wanted to talk TF2 but obviously we haven't heard of since but if we do get a hear back we'll do an update on the episode and see what you think
0: here's hoping You know, how cool would that be? That would be insane. Um, But let's get into the actual, like, the meat of actually playing the game, which is talking about the classes. So there are nine playable classes in the game. You have on, like, they're grouped into three categories. Offense, defense, and support. On offense, you have scout, soldier, pyro. Defense, you have demo man heavy and engineer and support you have medic sniper spy
1: and the idea that they ever put demo man into defense was the stupidest thing i had ever heard of in my life because demo man and pyro literally should have been switched like pyro was an absolute defense class for 90 percent of the time and demo man was the guy you sent to kill other demo men or to terrorize spawn points which was very offensive on oh, camping <laughs> it was not a defensive move at all it was offensive and i mean I that think, in like, every I sense of like that word. the word
0: at the most basic play yeah the demo man is a defensive class and that when you're a beginner all you're going to be doing is laying down traps and like popping mines behind corners but by the time you get really good with them you're extremely mobile air blasting stickies sneaking up on people or rocket or you know grenade jumping onto them and raining them with with uh grenades that kind of stuff
1: man it it's got a very rough.
0: different class from <laughs> from humble from beginner to expert yeah
1: from from intro to expert that that class changes very significantly so we'll start with scout voiced by uh nathan vetterlein um do want to give you a heads up every class is voiced very thoroughly um uh, both with interactions dialogue Um, updated interactions as new events and new storylines outside of the game occurred Uh, a lot so uh, the scout is a uh, a baseball fan from boston has the accent Uh, he's kind of just he's kind of just a brawler Uh, he has a he's very fast uh, by significant head oh yeah but at least he's an entertaining shithead like when he tried to date uh what was it miss Polly or miss pauling like that was a wild ass episode but that was very very different too so uh he's very fast he can double jump uh and he can count uh he can sort he of control his yeah he can control his jumps in air as well so like you can sort of maneuver laterally instead of having to jump in a very directed manner uh, on payloads he counts as two
0: uh, he can capture uh he can capture other points twice as fast and yeah. um i think the other end um he has a relatively small frame his weapons are a scattergun pistol and a ba- baseball bat right or
1: bonk, the, nuclear soda or atomic soda excuse me uh,
0: or um or of course the the sandman where you can actually throw baseballs at people yeah you can stun a people girl shotgun
1: so here's how the game works. The shot, the double-barrel shotgun that gave you the knockback was so fucking good, by the way. So when TF2 launched, every character had the set weapons, the set look, and everything. And then the design team were like, all right, when we have updates for every class, they're going to receive new gear. Like, they're going to have a new main weapon, they're going to have a new secondary weapon, they're going to have a new off-weapon. So the scout ended up with... Um, a small double barrel shotgun. What was his scattergun replacement or was it the double barrel? I thought
0: it was the double barrel shotgun. What did
1: his pistol get replaced to? Oh, it was the little oh, four barrel. Punch. Yeah. It was a punch. So he, uh, he chugs an energy soda and goes one, and then he runs around. Um, <laughs> and then the baseball bat was the Sandman, which you popped dingers at people and it stunned them for a couple of seconds. Um, So this happened to every class. At some point within the first two years of the game, every class got a significant update and balance. Uh, I don't remember the exact order it happened in, so don't quote me on that, but uh, the scout was... was,
0: The the medic was first, then pyro, then heavy, then scout, then soldier and demo shared one, or no, then sniper and spy shared one, I think, then uh demo and uh, soldier shared one, and then it was uh, the engineer last.
1: Yeah, because the engineer didn't really need any hard balancing. He was pretty strong. And he's, from the the hardest to,
0: he's the hardest to develop.
1: Yeah. So all of the characters over their evolution had different sort of ways to micromanage their play. So with the uh, double barrel on the scout, it gave you some kickback. So like it would launch you back a little bit. And if you were smart, you could turn that into a longer distance triple jump. Uh, or you could, like, use it to sort of duck in and out of things. So, like, if you were getting ambushed, you could, you know, pop to the side real quick and escape. Like, there were a lot of little things that you could do. Um, And every class sort of had these weird... Sideways upgrades. Some of them were strict upgrades, but most of the time they were considered side upgrades or side grades. I guess is the yeah, side grade
0: kind of thing. You don't ever really get. It's very rare to find things that are actually strictly better. And at the very least, with the game, you could never say that they that you, they really charged you to win. Like there was never pay to win. It was always pay to look good.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't get weapons in the crates for the first little bit, and then eventually they were just thrown into everything. So you always had a chance of getting a weapon, regardless. Uh, offense next. You had the soldier uh, Rick May. Rest in peace. Uh, he just rest died in peace. Uh, very recently.
0: It's a real tragedy, and the game actually gave him a bit of a a bit of a uh, a tribute that you can find in the uh, that you can find playing the game if you're playing it as of I think the rest of this month. So get on that, but. Uh, Played, uh, he's a he's a huge psycho. Kind of fancies himself uh, a soldier. He's, even he's though he's from he... the
1: Midwest, he was never in the army. He went to World War Two, gave himself a bunch of medals for killing,
0: and maybe and Germans fighting the war until forty nine.
1: <laughs> yeah, he fought the war until forty nine. You can go ahead and do your math and figure out why that doesn't work. Um, he is probably one of the most quotable characters in the game um like meet the soldier came out and is easily one of the best ones they've ever done so he is your your, your basic attack guy like he's
0: he's like your offensive uh core class i would say so he has a
1: rocket launcher a shotgun and a fold-out shovel that i always the spade always kills me because it's always got blood on it and it fucking air, you're like hit this is seen. this is seen some use So, uh, you can still rocket jump in this one, um, you take less damage from your own rockets than you deal damage, so you take, I think it's half, I could be wrong, and there are adjustments to that made on other weapons, um, but rocket jumping is still very alive in this one, although not quite as out of control as it was in TA, Team Fortress Classic, although some people got very, very good at it very fast, and it was very hard to deal with those people on maps, um, And there's not really a whole lot to be said about the soldier, I guess. Like, he's a very straightforward class. Some of his updates were...
0: uh, He gets, like, like, different kinds of uh, horns and stuff that can give uh, his teammates a boost in lieu of having a shotgun. He has, uh, like, a dozen different rocket launchers that do different things.
1: The Liberty Launcher, the Screaming Eagle...
0: The Direct Hit. The Direct uh, Hit, which... Dagger's Bazooka, which is one of the stupidest weapons in the game. Dagger's
1: Bazooka was a little weird. So, like, the direct hit, instead of doing splash damage, it did almost no splash damage, but it did a significant amount of damage if you hit them with the rocket. So, for a long time, it was the go-to rocket for high-end play, because if you were that good with the soldier, you just killed people significantly faster than anybody else on the map.
0: The Liberty Um, Launcher
1: had Lifesteal on it, I
0: think? That was the black box. What, oh yeah,
1: that was the black box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I the black one. box
0: was like the crutch choice. That was what you saw a lot of like that's what you saw a lot of people use um for a long time. I think until they nerfed it a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. But
0: that was a that was a solid that was a solid um rocket launcher.
1: And there's not really too much else about that. Like eventually he got an item that negated what was it, the the, the boots, the ironclads?
0: Yeah, you have the man treads, or no, it's the gunboats that let him rocket jump with almost no harm to himself.
1: Yeah, it almost completely negates the damage. Uh, And that's pretty much it. Like, the the soldier was used to get splash damage down because it knocked people back. He was used to disrupt lines. He was used to sort of rocket jump around things. Um, And he did have a very offensive support role if you were using his horns or his instruments, which was very weird. Um, We've got the pyro, who is played by Dennis Bateman. Uh, is a person of unknown gender. Uh, nobody really knows where they came from. Uh, you can't we don't understand know anything
0: them. About them other than they're crazy and they like fire.
1: Yeah. the uh, The rest of the cast is terrified of them. Like that, everybody on his team is terrified that one day he is going to turn on them. Like the heavy if specifically you, does seen, that one.
0: Yeah. If you've never seen Meet the Pyro, go watch that now. It's like the it's it has such a great turn in it. <laughs>
1: It's very like surreal horror, like it's very weird. Um so he's got a flamethrower, a shotgun, and a fire axe because you fight fire with axes.
0: Um and the the general idea of the class is that it's meant to be an ambusher, like at least from the beginning, but it's gradually kind of gotten a little more supported, like support focus as the game has evolved. Um especially especially as it got more weapons um the base pyro didn't even have uh, an air blast until an update i think a month after a month or two after the game launched
1: uh no we didn't get back blast for a while or we didn't get the air blast for a while we um, didn't get it uh it was after the either the soldier or the demo update don't then that's not
0: no it was you, it was Twitter. before that
1: Maybe. I know it wasn't immediate. It took a while to get it.
0: I think, I think it was a few months, but anyway, you have the air blast on your, on your flamethrower, so you can either use your flamethrower like you would expect, uh, spray it and burn people, you know, classic. Or you can use it to uh, repel um,
1: grenades,
0: projectiles, other well, stuff.
1: And if you repelled them with your air blast, it shot them back at sort of the target. You had to do a little bit of fine-tuning on the aiming, like you had to hit it at the right shot. But, like, if somebody shot a crit rocket at you... By the way, crit shots are a thing. They glow whatever your team's color are, and they do significantly more damage. Uh, the lower your health, the higher your crit chance, I believe it is.
0: Um, um, the more damage you've done in a recent amount of time.
1: Yeah, that, there is also, like, the, the, the gas m- m- momentum for crits. So, like, the better you're doing, generally, um, it happens. Uh, So if a crit rocket's coming at you, you backblast it right at his team, and you sow chaos into their ranks.
0: Um. Also, number
1: one one spy checker in the game. Easily. So you can't set your friends on fire, fire but if you have an enemy pretending to be your friend, you can set them on fire.
0: Um. And uh, it has probably the most, um, I would say, like diverse selection of secondary tools because you can either you have several shotgun.
1: kits that change the class like very significantly. Like the flare gun from the shotgun was a huge change.
0: Yeah, the flare gun shoots a little flare that if it hits the target lights them on fire, and you can if you're good at aiming it, you can crit people repeatedly with it. Um, and it has lots of variants too that change it up a bit um you also have um the extinguisher, which is its replacement for a fire axe that's normally weaker, but if you hit somebody that was on fire back in the day, it would crit now it's uh now it's changed quite a bit, but it still does kind of the same thing um and for a while, people would combo that with a with a uh flamethrower that was faster to switch out and would Quickly light you on fire and then go for the extinguisher to like one hit kill anybody who basically wasn't a soldier or heavy.
1: Yeah, it was. He was pretty devastating if you were in the right combination of use for him. But it was. It it took a little while to get used to him, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, he's cheap because there's no skill to it." And there is some. There is some extensive
0: debate about that.
1: Yeah, because like at the end of the day. A better player on any other class other than, like, Sniper or Spy tended to be significantly more useful than the best Pyro. So, <laughs> there's there's a lot of,
0: like, ins and outs to that thing. Um and, and the Pyro has probably changed more than any other class in terms of, like, relative usage and competitive... Uh, or not competitive, but in, like, general people's, like, opinions... Uh, oftentimes with but a single weapon like when the flogistinator came out um, yeah that was some interesting times Uh, but at the same time the pyro now is in a pretty good place and if you're playing defense i think you should pack one
1: yeah i mean if you're on defense pyros are just easy to use like not having to worry about spies pretty much ever at least on your back line is very good um, because the Pyro and the Engineer were essentially pretty much besties for a very long time. Um, so moving through to the fence, we've got the Demo Man, played by Gary We've Schwartz. already talked
0: about him, but he's the, uh... He's um... the black,
1: Scottish, one-eyed alcoholic from Ullapool, Scotland. Mm-hmm. He's got a grenade launcher, a sticky bottle, or a sticky bomb launcher, and a glass bottle of Scrumpy, which is just a booze bottle that, after you crack them with, one's breaks, which is the funniest. And it doesn't do more damage when it turns into a shank, and it upset me forever that they never implemented
0: that. Mm-hmm. So the demo man's probably the most pivotal class, I think, in uh, actual competitive, in that I think you're only allowed one, and they're the they're like the things that make or break teams. Oh yeah. De- demo
1: Man was, was a pillar in, in competitive match. Like it, it became such an issue of playing like two or three demo men on offense and like one or two medics to help them. And then just an engineer to play around. Like it, it got very silly, very quickly um, because like sticky bombs are very, very powerful. You don't have to be particularly near them and they do a crap ton of damage if you place them right. Um, The grenade launcher is ridiculously strong uh, in little splash damage, but if you start direct hitting people with it, it will mow down a team very, very quickly.
0: Uh, The demo man also received the most, like, different play style or most, like, um, the most changed play style when he started getting weapons because they basically gave him a shield and sword. And so, the you have two main variants of the class. You have base demo man that explodes stuff for the most part, and demo knights, which go around the map with melee weapons, killing the shit out of players, like, with charges and other goofiness. Yeah, so the shield lets
1: you run at someone very quickly. <laughs> and the sword, you had a very good potential that if it was a headshot, you could decapitate people in one shot. Yeah. Which was terrifying because you just have this black scottish guy going and then he chops your head off
0: um and then you have uh and then you have a, a, an increasing variety of swords like he get one that heals him every time he gets a kill he gets one that gives him like ammo every time he gets a kill he gets a different shield that lets him turn uh, turn better he gets a different one that buffs his damage on a hit so you get like the the demo night stuff totally replaced uh the main bomber style for most of the updates even though there's still plenty of bomber stuff to choose from did you ever use the scottish resistance i love
1: the scottish resistance that's so good that's for that's for hard turtle demo men
0: yeah that's the hard defense one
1: like and you had you had sticky launchers that would let you launch either more stickies or less stickies that were significantly more powerful or that you could uh detonate groups of stickies uh it it, it got the demo man got weird
0: there's also the 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 best melee weapon which was a stick grenade that you can the hit caber? somebody with and it blows up yeah. yeah
1: yeah so you would literally just hit somebody with a potato masher grenade <laughs> tf is fucking weird, man. Oh, boy. So, the next one was the first released meat video, which is the Heavy. Uh, he's also played by Schwartz, who did the Demo Man. He's a big Russian bear of a dude who has uh, a minigun. Uh, he has a shotgun, and then he has his fists, which has yeah, become which has become uh, several items worth of hilarity uh especially when the sandwich came into play
0: which got its own meat the video
1: which got he punched out
0: on my blood my bones do not breaking me. my spine Oh, my spine, my
1: spine. Uh, it's ridiculous so everyone's guy is classified as a defensive character and that's that's true ninety percent of the time. There are offensive heavy weapons you guys. Wanna, who are you very, probably very good. wanna
0: run one on offense if you can.
1: Um well, especially because like they have miniguns that do very, very different things. You've got like Sasha, which is the default, which is just I'ma fire a bunch of bullets. You've got Natasha, which every bullet has a chance of slowing you. It used to be a guaranteed slow, but they have nerfed that gun into the fucking ground. It used over to be a like decade. a tractor
0: beam. Yeah.
1: He used to be like, Well, I'm crawling towards this guy now um he's also a prime candidate for an Uber charge from a medic because uh his damage output with a an Uber is uh ridiculous like it's not even fair um uh, so
0: his people tended to trade out the shotgun for any of his various edibles, which include a sandwich, a banana, a chocolate bar, a steak.
1: I believe the uh, chocolate bar was the go-to for a long time. What
0: was it? I, I think this. I think the base sandwich is most people's like most is like most people's top pick. Didn't the chocolate
1: give you faster run speed?
0: No, you're thinking of the the steak the steak. Yeah,
1: that one was used a lot.
0: The, like, the you chocolate just bar in used people. to be more powerful, but it got nerfed. The, that doesn't uh, surprise um, me. The second the second banana though, which is the banana one, I think is the other is one of the more recent items and it's it's a little it's it's pretty decent too because it it's like the sandwich only a little more frequent i think um and then weird. he has a a bunch of different things to change his fists out for including boxing gloves boxing gloves that make you run fast what was um, the the kgb the killing gloves of boxing mm-hmm. the god. fists of steel
1: the fists of steel god they had so many good melee weapons
0: uh a pair of like bear claws on your
1: <laughs> the bear claws were good i believe those had life steal on them didn't they
0: they had uh, something i, I don't remember what it was the bear hands did increase damage but that may have been health.
1: so the and here here's something because this is the first instance of it outside and we didn't mention on the pyro so characters get taunts and uh the heavy and the pyro have taunts that kill people
0: so uh the pyro eventually got at least one that does it yeah
1: so well they also depend on the weapon you have because the sniper needs like the huntsman to do it because you need the arrow
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so uh the pyro threw a little hadouken hadouken yeah and if you were in front of it it killed you um so killing people with taunts became sort of a badge of honor among a lot of the really hardcore players um the demo or the heavy weapons guy gets finger guns which had some of the best range of any of the kills originally until they nerfed it. Like you could actually kill somebody from like low pistol range, which was crazy as fuck.
0: But it had, it had such a small window of like, Oh no, you hit, had to, hit. you had
1: to, you had to center mass. him and you had to hope for the best. And if you got him, it was an insta kill. There was a point in time where you could do it through the load doors. Uh, because mm-hmm. his fist yeah. would go through the actual grate that held the teams apart. Uh, and that was always funny as shit because people panicked really, really fast about that one. So people would always like crowd the door waiting it out.
0: So the oldest, the, the, the first video I ever put up on YouTube or the first like thing that I ever did like that was me getting taunt kills <laughs> back in like 2011 or 12. Oh, yeah.
1: It was, it was very highly, uh, it it was considered one of the most toxic moves in TF2 because if you killed people with a taunt, you were guaranteed going to have to listen to it. Like they people just did not shut up about it.
0: Um well, and there was there was really silly things you could do with some of them, but we'll get we'll I'll, I'll get into that when we get to the spy.
1: Yeah, the the spy taunt was dumb. Uh so that's pretty much up for the heavy. He didn't he's pretty straightforward. He's like the soldier other than, you know, there are a couple of little things that are fine. The engineer, uh, voiced by Grant Goodeve, is kind of like a good old boy from Texas, like a good old mechanical engineer that's sort of mostly self taught. Um, He has a wrench, a construction and destruction uh, computer, a shotgun, and a pistol. Uh, So, his wrench, uh, so you want to, if you want to build something like a teleporter or a health and ammo dispenser or a sentry gun, uh, you Take out, you have to have uh, scrap metal, which you get from ammo boxes, I believe?
0: You get it from ammo boxes or picking up from dead Dead characters. Dead bodies.
1: So when you picked up ammo from a dead character, you would get scrap. So every item costs a certain amount of scrap. Uh, So you would bring up your PDA, it would build a a sentry gun, which you could then upgrade twice for scrap with your wrench. Uh, Or you could uh, do a health and ammunition dispenser, which you could also upgrade for scrap. And I believe the teleporters...
0: You can also upgrade them for scrap, too. Yeah, I
1: think all of them had like three tiers, essentially. Correct. Um, and that was their job. They turtled up. They got you in and out of the base very, very quickly. They put a health ammo dispenser and like choke points so you didn't have to run back or get killed and run back. Um, and, and for
0: some classes, they're basically an insta-kill, like the soldier or the sentry specifically. Once you get them up to level three, it's very hard for, say, a scout who isn't using a bonk or something like that to. Get rid of them. Same with uh, most of the non explosives class. Yeah, like gentlemen um,
1: and soldiers, very easy time with the engineer. Uh, spy up and also had a pretty easy time with the engineer.
0: The, the big trick is either being able to be outside of their range or you could, or if you could use indirect fire with the demo man. Um, usually, when you're playing as an engineer, you have to do constant maintenance on your machines. Um, and you want usually like somebody to give you like a hand to sweep around and to help get rid of stuff. That's why NG Pyro is such like a potent combination. Um, but the other and the other big thing you have to look out for is Uber charges because they don't give a shit about your sentry. Um,
1: yeah, the heavy weapons guy with an Uber charge didn't give a fuck about anything in front of you.
0: Um, but the engineer is a very interesting class because there's really nothing else like it you have to because you kind of have to do your mini like i have to maintain my shit and also defend myself um and the engineer has uh, a very interesting role on either side of the field if you're playing attack or defense or you know kind of depending on how you want to play because as an attack you want to get those teleporters up usually to help your team And you can help actually maintain a frontline base, which I think is really unique for a shooter.
1: Well, if you played it smart or clever, I guess is the way I should describe it. You could get up close to an enemy base and have a turret down and you could just turtle them down for enough time to get the team set up. Or you could be a
0: sneaky bastard and like put it like put it like somewhere where somewhere right next to their control point or behind enemy lines. And those could get really silly.
1: Yeah, like you could, if you played as a smart engineer, things got weird. Um, and his his parallel weapons were never particularly good, except for like uh, the scrap metal, or was it the scrap launcher?
0: So you, the Widowmaker. That's the, the Widowmaker one that turns yeah. your that turns your scrap into your uh, ammo, for lack of a better term.
1: Yeah, so you would you would accent your damage with your uh, your scrap metal. Uh, that was also your spy killing machine. Uh, you also Not had the, the Deus, oh, the, the ray gun. yeah, the Raygun was also good. You also had the uh, Deus X shotgun
0: uh, from that's the, that's the Widowmaker.
1: Is that the Widowmaker? Yeah. Oh man, that was so fucking good.
0: My my engineer gun of choice was always the Frontier Justice because if my Sentry blows up, I get free crits on it for yeah. a certain like amount of kills you get. I used to I used to have a lot of fun with that.
1: Yeah, the Engineer so was... was a fun class, but also was. Uh... Touted as like real low skill to use, although high skill engineers were very devastating.
0: I think it's the kind of thing that really changes with, you know, how good the people you are playing against are.
1: Well, and communication is also a very significant change. Like, if you were playing with a bunch of people that were very communicative and you had an easy, like, maneuver ability, like, you could do some really crazy stuff. Uh, it was just a matter of, you know, who's supporting you.
0: Uh, good old-fashioned teamwork
1: yeah who knew it's not like it's called solo fortress 2 uh,
0: um, and then we get to the most support class in the game the medic uh
1: robin robin atkin downs who has been in fucking everything
0: hey he's one of those guys that i'm always excited when i see him show off because he'll be yeah. in random stuff like metal gear 5 he's the voice of travis touchdown and no More Heroes. And here, he's having an absolute delight, especially later on uh, for some of the events, where he gets way crazier.
1: Oh, yeah, no, the medic goes from, like, maybe Nazi ubermensch doctor to, this man is a mad scientist for real.
0: Um, and he's got probably the second or third best meet the, meet the video, because he's got... <laughs> He's got it's got so many great lines, and he it totally transformed the character from stock like mean doctor to fucking crazy doctor.
1: Archimedes. He was my second inspiration for naming my D and D character. That by the way.
0: Um. And he has a very he has a very simple loadout. You have your of course your your bone saw your melee weapon. You have a syringe gun that's kind of like. Is it now? I haven't honestly played very much of Team Fortress Classic, but it's sort of like a nail gun in that it has damage drop off, and but it fires considerably faster.
1: Oh yeah, and it has an arc too, which is things you have to
0: figure out. So it's really a very short range weapon that's not very yeah. But if you
1: headshot with it, people die really, really fast. Yeah, Um, if you know how to aim it and where to position yourself to like not collect as much damage as you were putting out uh it is very insanely good um although it, it got supplanted by several other sub weapons as well too so uh and then you've got the medic's primary thing which is the med gun uh which is just a ghostbusters gun that heals people instead of capture ghosts
0: um and it also uh, it also has a little bar that, as you fill it up from healing people, you eventually get an Uber charge, which you can deploy for eight seconds. It gives you and your target um, uh, invulnerability. practical
1: invulnerability, and uh, there is a bit of a damage buff on it, too, I do believe.
0: Um, the real kicker of it is that you get um, is that um, not only do you have like, you know, is that you're invulnerable. You can't really capture stuff, so it's kind of like you have to get in and do it to cause the most harm and then move to your control point. But at the same time, you can still be kind of moved around with various knockback abilities.
1: Yeah, you could get air blasted. You could get crit rocketed out of the way. Like, there were a lot of ways to just maneuver you. And generally, the trick was to separate the medic and the heavy or its target far enough away that the beam didn't reach, and then you would just kill them one by one. Um,
0: Yeah. It's, it's There's got a very a classic, uh, shoot the medic kind of, uh, um, kind of thing. I think it kind of inspired that where the medic is a prime target for people to kill.
1: Yeah. And it's, there are several versions of the med gun. Uh, you've got one that is mostly uber charged. So it charges uber faster and it heals less. Uh, you've got one that it, it's a weird overshield it, thing.
0: Yeah, the... Uh, I don't even remember. The big one... The big two that people use are the Quick Fix, which give you more... It heals faster, but it has a less useful invulnerability. Or it doesn't have invulnerability, but it gives you really fast healing. Um, which is less useful in general, but it's it's an interesting kind of different playstyle where you're more focused on healing really fast. And you have the crits Krieg, which instead of giving you invulnerability gives you uh, 100 critical hits on uh, Philo.
1: which was wild. You put how that on times? a soldier, yeah. and people got murdered.
0: Uh, I mean, how many times would you play a medic on defense as a de- with a demo man, and you know get your charge up really fast, and so you can plant some crit stickies, and then? Oh yeah, no, you'd always off. do.
1: You would always do the team hurt to get the uh, the demo man, and the soldiers would hurt themselves. You'd heal them up. You'd get the crit, and then you just go fucking crazy. Um the Medic's playstyle never really changed. Uh he all of his weapons were pretty similar. His nail his uh syringe guns got a little tertiary. Some of them were better, some of them worse. There was one that was like a poison dart gun which was kind of cool.
0: He got the he got the crossbow.
1: The crossbow was funny as shit. What was that for honor or was that
0: chivalry? I think it was chivalry. I don't remember what it was like if it was if it had a game like uh like uh marketed with it but it was a crossbow that you could heal people with too and it had a huge arc but it was it was it was a long-range weapon so it was very different from the syringe gun
1: oh yeah very very different um and that's there, there's not really a whole lot to go in on about the sniper you've got um or the medic you've got the sniper who's played by john patrick lowry who if you play dota he also plays uh uh pudge Apen, ancient apparition doom earth shaker shadow fiend storm spirit uh dark seer uh, so a lot of people he was uh the houseboat radio and left for dead he play has played uh, two or three dozen characters in the half-life series he was in total annihilation he was in uh, no one lives forever um he's done a lot uh um, and, and his, probably his the whole, best meat the story video is that he's a
0: professional
1: he's know? a professional killer he's, he's a professional kind of a assassin
0: relative relative everybody else he's like he seems like an outdoorsy type but he also uh his background is that uh, or his if you see his background video he he you know he takes the most pride in being a like a professional killer
1: yeah he's he's sort of a new zealander instead of an australian although like it's
0: it's kind of yeah, a new zealand we get trope. The lore. the lore gets even crazier yeah
1: it's more of a new zealand trope that was raised in the australian outback so it's uh uh he uses a sniper rifle uh which if you shoot them in the head
0: they they take a critical hit a while scoped while scoped uh he also you can also has charge a... your shots to do even more damage on a crit
1: yeah, and, and that changed the, so I, we don't even need to go into how many different kinds of sniper rifles he had because he had about 20 of them and they were all very fucking different.
0: But yeah, he. I think I think the sniper probably has He has one of the highest nine, hit changes
1: as well, yeah. It was a lot um, because you went the, to the bows. The, big one,
0: the most different is he's got a, you can also use a bow and arrow instead, which called is called the Huntsman, which is probably I would say one of the most contentious weapons ever made in the game. Yeah, it was it was people were mad cuz it was a very good way to get called uh to get called like not I feel like I feel like the sniper has the most like negative uh one of the most negative associations with people who only play him and like aimbotters cuz lots of people aimbot with snipers but the the huntsman would probably just get you called a scrub.
1: Yeah, the the huntsman created a very toxic environment. Um it is a really fun weapon. It's fun, but really it's wrong. it's very it's very newbie friendly and it's overly easy to play, so like getting just absolutely ass blasted by it while it's,
0: it's it's very easy to also get headshots on things without trying.
1: Yeah, it's very devastating. Um he also has a submachine gun, which gets changed
0: out for a whole bunch of different things into a shield or other kinds of shields. And, and most famously a jar of piss he has a,
1: the jarate which is a, a play on karate where he would just jar throw based a, karate jar based karate he just throw a jar of piss at you and you would take extra damage and i think it slowed you down too <laughs>
0: uh it didn't slow you down you take extra damage you get you can also use it to put up fires on your yeah if you, somebody like, was on fire and you it would throw really a piss. <laughs> And the, I like the lower reason is that the reason they take extra damage is that they lose the will to live. Yeah. Covered in piss. It was,
1: uh, it was very unique. And then you have the Kukri, which is the, uh, forward curved blade for close combat. That changed into about a dozen different fucking things. Most of which aren't really that
0: useful, except for the Bushwhacker.
1: Yeah, I think the Bushwhacker was the only one that really got a bunch of jump out. Um,. The sniper is the sniper. There's not a whole lot more to be said about that dude.
0: You generally keep him on the back lines uh or at best at mid range. Um sniper wars are very common on some maps um and that can get pretty annoying. Especially again, one of the problems is you find like aim botters are pretty common in the casual stuff, so they tend to get kicked pretty quick, but it is something that's you have to look out for.
1: Yeah. And then we have um arguably the most contentious character in the game that isn't a pyro, the spy, who is also voiced by uh, Dennis Bateman, Dennis who Bateman. also did the pyro. Uh, he is a French double agent. He has a cloaking device that is his watch. He has an electronic sapper tool that destroys all engineer buildings if it is not dealt with. He's uh, got a he, big
0: fucking revolver. He's got a you giant can make revolver. It even more ridiculous. He has a
1: butterfly knife that, if you backstab someone, kills them immediately, regardless of how much health they have uh he also had a cigarette disguise kit which let you be any class on the other team uh and you chose the class you didn't really get to choose who you were playing so sometimes you would have two people show up that like one guy is a soldier and the other guy is a medic but they have the same name and you go
0: "What?"
1: it tried to
0: but also yeah it, it would did also try, try
1: to, match to match you to what they were but if they didn't have one on the team and you didn't know it you were kind of just hosed regardless because, like, you could pick something that wasn't really very popular. Like, some, there were some teams in uh, 12v12 where you would only run one or two heavies. And maybe you picked the wrong one, or they were only running zero at that point, or they were doing, like, a blitz so there and, were... and, you know,
0: in the, in the casual servers, people tend to just, you know, spy check a lot. Even, like, you know, Pyros will be flaming everybody oh yeah like it's it's even it's considerably much harder and competitive to even play a spy just yeah like spies saw
1: very little play in high-end competitive and it became more of a chore to play them in casual and i uh, i played the double negative because most people look at your spy and you're either like okay you're an absolute idiot or you're absolutely insane and just some weird savant at this um so I would always turn into an enemy spy and just pretend like things were going okay.
0: Yeah, the, the big ones that I tend to use are Engineer, Sniper, and uh Pyro. Just Pyro is
1: very good. pyro Because most people didn't assume the Pyro had two brain cells to rub together. Because it's like, because everybody's like, oh man, Pyro's so bad, and then the Pyro player's like, Flamethrower goes burr. <laughs>
0: um... The other stuff you can kind of get for him, kind of change up, I mean, you're still kind of always playing the same kind of class. Well, but he he has some of the most
1: contentious items uh, on his secondary market. So like the Cloak and Dagger, the Dead Ringer, these were all items that they have either been balanced or changed or nerfed or rebalanced or rebuilt so many times that they are not quite what they used to be. <laughs>
0: So the cloak and dagger got nerfed a little bit, but it's been mostly the same. The dead ringer has been probably changed two dozen times or altered like and re altered more than I would say almost any other. item. There have been
1: so many change revert change on the dead ringer that it's the idea that they just didn't take the item out and gave us something different was very impressive. Considering in the first six months it had gotten changed like four or five times.
0: Um, so basically, what that gu- or what that watch does is, you pull it out. You can't do anything while you have it out. But if an enemy shoots you, you die, and you can't see me making uh, quotation marks. But that's fine. You die, and then um, you you leave a fake corpse behind, and you immediately go invisible. So it looks like to them that they shot and killed you, uh, but you're invisible and can go do whatever you want. The thing is, is this is also Basically, allows a very easy get out of jail free card for new spies, slash, you know, beginner spies. Well, so and by so far the, the, most used.
1: the downside of it is that when you became visible again, it would make a noise.
0: And this a noise. Very loud noise.
1: Well, loud to some people and non existent to others. Um, the volume of this noise was changed. Uh, god probably four or five times It went from just like a to like it sounded like a bullhorn <laughs> <laughs> depending on how far away because it was only good for a certain distance but like you were not it was not supposed to be an absolute well, the, get out of the normal cloak
0: sound is subtle but you can notice it the dead ringer sound is much louder
1: yeah like you know when somebody like is coming out of dead ringer because it's just
0: um, um but it was a very effective like it was a very effective tool for a long time and you could do really cheesy stuff with it like you could start taunting have the dead ringer out you could be killed in the middle of taunting but you would still be you would still be or you could be fake killed in the middle of it but your taunt would still be going so you'd stab somebody with your fencing taunt and the fencing get... taunt was <laughs> And still get it. And those, if you if you can find old videos of it, it is very funny to watch. Um, All
1: of the taunt pills are are very satisfying and very funny.
0: I I'm still i I'm I still think the funniest is still is killing somebody with the engineer's guitar.
1: The guitar was good. Um so there are and have been since um some voiced characters that have done The narrator or announcer of the game, the administrator, is voiced by Alan McLean, who does Gladys and Portal. Um, You also have Miss Pauling, who is her assistant. Um, I don't think, has she ever appeared in the game, or is she mostly a video character? I don't think
0: she, I think she has some voice lines that play in recent years with the, um, uh, with the contract system. Yeah. I think that's it.
1: Um, so she is mostly a lore character outside of the game she is played by ashley birch of hey ash what's You plan fa- fantasy who also did uh tiny tina in the Borderlands series uh, i'm sure she has done other stuff but i don't you know remember off the top of my head what it was uh, i think she was in the outer worlds but i do not remember um the there are tons of other characters you have Mirazmus, the necromancer the bombonomicon
0: Oh uh, yeah, the talking book that John the talking the book that explodes. The demo man sword has a personality. Yeah, there like is a tiny, talking. There say? is a
1: talking sword for the demo man. There is the horseless, headless horseman, who is there's the evil that, Santa Claus. There is evil Santa Claus. There is Monoculus, the giant eyeball.
0: Um, and then you have Saxton the man Hale.
1: Saxon Hale. Uh, you have the man brothers, who are all played by Nolan North,
0: which is. Just I think Nolan North also does Mirabus the Magician, so it's like uh, he, he talks I'm to himself a lot.
1: Pretty sure he does. I would have to you know what I'm already in his wiki, I'll check it out. I ain't I ain't I ain't afraid of no ghost.
0: Um and so the lore in the series starts out with basically almost nothing. You have a few backstories for the mercenaries. The game has, you know, very little story. Just you know, you're you're red, they're blue, they're trying to blow shit up, you have to stop them. And then, as of, as of, I think, the director comic, the game actually started making its own little lore for itself in the series of comics. Um, the meet-the-team videos don't really have any lore, but they're good watches. Um, you also have uh, a, an official video that's, like, 15 minutes, I think, called uh, Expiration Date, which is very good. <laughs> it's um,
1: honestly some of my favorite Valve media that's ever been done. What have you been doing? I've teleported bread! For how long? I've been teleporting bread for th- teleport bread days. for three days. My God, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's so good. Like all um, of the TF2 lore videos and se- all right,
0: seduce me, <laughs> seduce
1: me. So, uh, hey there, good looking. I got uh, I got a bucket. I of got chicken. a bucket of
0: chicken. You want to do it?
1: You want to you want to do it? Smack. Oh, God, it's so good. The spy, and it is very heavily implied that the spy has slept with the scout's mother on multiple
0: occasions. Well, in the Meet the Spy video, <laughs> it's like, ah, I've got, he's got pictures of the other end of the spy with your mother. With your uh, mother. And that's even immortalized in the gun that this, this the, the unlockable gun the spy has, the ambassador, yeah. which <laughs> has an engraving of the spy's mom on the side.
1: Well, the scout's mom, yeah. So, uh, Scout's mom nolan north has done Merasmus, all of the man brothers he has done stuff for pretty much he's done additional lines for the engineer and he has done everything for the bombonomic
0: which is amazing
1: which is fantastic um,
0: but the games the game slowly did get its own lore and it's just a bunch of insane shit it, it like you have like some expansions of the backstories you have uh, plots where the teams get fired and have to fight robots, and then they they get fired again. you have um Halloween comics like the demo Man losing his eye and it growing giant every Halloween that they have to go blow it up um you have a lot yeah, of yeah I great- forgot his eye
1: was haunted. I yeah. forgot that was a fucking thing
0: <laughs> um you have lots of great moments and you, it, it all kind of starts from some like wacky flavor text that they threw in with some of the updates. Like um, the sniper mentioning that in order to use Girati, he had to take a pill that would triple the size of his kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the old update stuff is really funny to read.
1: It's just the whole like TF2 lore is probably some of the best world building valve has ever done and anybody you can fucking at the shit out of me. I mean,
0: it's craziness. It's absolute craziness, but it's a lot of fun. The comics are great. Um and if you're and you can find all of it online on their website for free. Uh the um and and getting back to the game itself. So, I I have a confession dear dear listeners. I've been playing TF2 for years. I Overwatch kind of took me out of it. And I've been away for a while, but I still check back in every once in a while. But I have over two thousand hours as of as of today on that on that damn game. I've spent a lot of my misbegotten teenage youth playing that.
1: Oh dear. Uh I haven't played it in several years and I can tell you how many hours I have in it. Give me a sec.
0: Okay. Um it's still to this day one of my favorite games, and I have a lot of great memories playing it. Um I that, haven't played it, it since
1: twenty fifteen and I have over five hundred hours in it. That sounds about right.
0: Um, it uh it has an itch that I can't that I no other game really scratches. Um, but let's go down some of the let's go down some of the other like the other stuff about playing it. So what are some of your favorite maps?
1: Oh god, this is this is where the game really makes and breaks friendships because the maps are the most divisive part of pretty much everything. Um, so the launch maps were granary, two fort, well, gravel pit, hydro,
0: and two and, fort,
1: yeah, and and two fort. So, um
0: to this day dust bowl
1: is still probably the most played map of all time well dust bowl is also widely considered one of the most balanced maps like in existence uh turbine besides the the red timer on the last stage yeah that's the only thing that's kind of shitty uh double cross kind of sucked uh sawmill was okay turbine was okay well was okay do you like harvest i like harvest yeah harvest is good i, I don't mind harvest at all uh I, like granary, I was actually okay with for the most part um there are points in granary that i don't like um gully wash was bullshit uh what else do we have
0: man snake there are a whole water. bunch of
1: yeah you've got sunshine snake water sunshine uh Vanguard, well, Well was fine. Yukon Dust Bowl was good. I like Dust Bowl. I will always come back to. Egypt was weird.
0: Big fan it, of Egypt. Has lots of vertical space.
1: It did, but it also did not see a lot of play. <laughs> uh
0: well, Gorge was state, okay. Uh Gorge is good. Um really big fan of uh actually Steel. Do you like Steel?
1: Steel's okay. I'm, I, I was never a big steel player, but, like, it grew on me the more I did. And so, here, I have the same sort of approach to steel that I did with Man Manor. Um I didn't like it originally, and then the more I actually spent time on it, the more I liked it. Um, um, Snow Plow's fine. The group keeps okay. Stand In is okay. Hydro was you're just fucking... you're just
0: saving it up for your favorites. You're just saving it up for the the payload. Uh,
1: Hydro was fucking awful. Bad Water Basin. I like
0: the I like the idea on Hydro, but it's definitely a weird one. Bad the, water the Basin. Multi, is...
1: The multi the multi map territorial control. Like there was a reason they only did it once, right? Like territorial because control was didn't just, like it. Yeah, territorial control was just not fun, and it was very poorly designed. I feel like if they like you said earlier if they went back and tried to do it again
0: maybe it would work out they could maybe make it more dynamic uh, cuz yeah. it was either a stalemate or a or a like or a steamroller it was either too it
1: was it was too swingy yeah it was it was very di- different uh badwater Basin was good card blitz awesome. was Meh. I didn't play Borneo. Didn't play Brimstone. Bor- Borneo's
0: good. Borneo's really good. Uh, Cactus uh, Gold Canyon Rush was is a classic. Fine.
1: I did play a lot of Gold Rush. Gold Rush was really, really fun. Uh, Frontier was like really Hoodoo? good, too. Uh, I only played Hoodoo a l- little bit because it Hood- didn't hit Hood- a lot of rotation. Hoodoo's
0: like if Gold Rush was a tighter map.
1: Yeah. I uh, like
0: Hoodoo a lot. Snowy Coast uh, Frontier's was, great.
1: Snowy Coast was probably like... One of the last maps I played. Uh, Thunder Mountain. Good. Didn't play Swiftwater. Big fan of Thunder Mountain. That's a great map. Yeah, Thunder Mountain was very fun. Uh, Nightfall was good. High Tower was fine. Pyramid Badlands was, okay. was good. So these are all arena maps. I don't need to go into those because they're all just smaller versions of other maps. Man, I can't stop hiccuping. Ugh. Mm.
0: Man, uh, I think it's Mountain Labs, pretty good. That's the same one as Man Manor. Yeah,
1: that Man Manor was got reskinned a couple of times for other things.
0: Uh, very specifically. Um, and the the neat thing is, is a lot of these maps started as um like community made maps that got made official. Oh yeah, because um, you had people like
1: Void and Bang and Hey and M.P.O. Sean, Sean Three and J. whatever. Yeah. yeah. The- that literally just made maps and they would send them in and eventually valve was like, Hey, we're releasing a map pack. Here's six new maps that we didn't have to make, but we, we, you know, we, we, what's the word we tweaked them, I guess.
0: Uh, Yeah. They kind of, they made them a little more polished, but I think I, you know, and again, like some of them use some very interesting like textures and stuff that i i don't even know if they put the like i like they had to hand make those like the like the ones in egypt for example has like tons of unique textures and stuff that i think they that they had to make for it originally um there's a lot of pretty decent community-made content for the game and a lot of it became official like a lot of hats a lot of some of the guns um and it was nice that Valve had a really close-ish relationship with the fans, but it, you know, now as we're getting into the twilight of the game, because I feel like at this point, there's not a whole lot of people left playing TF2, but there's enough of an install base that you could jump on and, you know, play it, like, for a while. And I think it's going to stay like that, at least until we get any kind of sequel.
1: I mean, there's what? At any given time, there's like fifteen servers up and running. So, I don't there's a know.
0: lot. There's a, there's there's plenty of like official servers up and running. I mean, populated though. I don't know. And so, before we end this one, uh, let's go over one other thing. So, what classes did you get the most mileage of, Jordan?
1: So, if I look back at my TF two tickers. I had pyro demo, met and heavy were my four most heavily played. Um, so I was either the cancer or the the reason that the cancer had to get cured.
0: The cause or the solution.
1: Yeah, I was the cause or the cure. Um, I don't know. I, I actually really enjoyed playing heavy a, a lot, especially even post nerf Natasha because. If you were getting rushed, it was very easy to pull like rocket jumpers out of the sky or slow them down enough so that mm-hmm. like you could deal with their inertia. Their mo- momentum was good. It's just it's so significantly different now.
0: Uh, the most played class that I had by far was the engineer, with the spy, medic, and um, uh, pyro all kind of coming in, coming in close to that. Um, I still think to this day that there is nothing more fun than playing a spy when everything is go- going right for you.
1: I, I mean, deception is always fun, and the TF2 really got that feeling right.
0: Um, I never used to play like scout or sniper at all when I was a teenager, mostly because uh, when I was back in the day, I used to have a Windows Vista, and I was a dumb kid and didn't know how to you know, upgrade it or anything or get, you know, get better performance out of it. So I, we never had a great internet connection and the engineer was always the easiest thing for me to like consistently play and play well. I'm trying to think. I played a little bit of scout. I definitely, I barely played spy
1: and I didn't really play a whole lot of sniper. I played a little bit of engineer And I played a little bit of Soldier, and that was about it. Like, my my big four were all, like, 150, 200 hours each on, so Mm -hmm. it was a lot. And I don't know, uh, so this probably isn't a good representation of my hours, because Steam will only track how much since they went freemium, I'm pretty sure, so it doesn't even track my orange box hours.
0: I think they've, I think, like, since I've, you know, got on different computers and stuff, they've reset you know how many hours i have for each different class i think a couple times yeah because there
1: was there was one point where i remember having almost 180 hours on the heavy and i know that's not really representative but i know steam timers from that way back don't necessarily always accurate themselves well um but yeah that's tf2 in a nutshell at least the lore the history and a little bit of the the run-throughs um i mean i had an insane amount of fun to it i don't it is definitely in its twilight i do not know how many more updates they are going to receive if any we um, haven't
0: we haven't gotten a major update in i think a year two years and well i mean they do like
1: rotating holiday stuff like you always get They some keep kind the holiday stuff uh,
0: it's like they keep the lights on they keep the they keep the <laughs> servers running and presumably enough people still play the game and manage the economy to get something out of it but you know we're We're at the point now where that's going to drop out someday. and It's only a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, all they really have to do is announce a TF3 and people will lose their minds because... Well, I I think if they
0: announce a TF3, it'll bring a ton of people back to the game until TF3 comes out. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So that's pretty much it for us. Um, If we do receive a uh, callback from Valve, we will leave some updates or have an addendum to the episode or just do a whole new episode which would be cool because having somebody from valve kind of to to soundboard off of would be very very impressive but uh who knows it probably won't happen so don't get your hearts up but man it'd be cool if it did
0: yep uh until then collect the war hats for next time um
1: and don't go onto idle achievement servers they take your halo away